Hi, this is Allegra with your dose of modern life. Healthier, easier, more fun. On today's show, I'm going to talk about the importance of celebrating little wins and a time when this really helped save my life. Then we're going to have a chat with my friend, serial entrepreneur, inspiring woman, Kalika Yap, about what she's been learning recently and also a really cool branding tool for any of you out there entrepreneurs or maybe you work for a nonprofit or something looking for some branding advice. Then I'm going to give you some easy tips on how to make all of your summer picnics, parties, etc. more waste-free. All this and more after this brief musical interlude. See you after the tunes. back and now for my topic on celebrating little wins. Many years ago, I, I was out of college so it was at least 20 years ago and I don't know about your experience after college but for me the time period between graduating from college and sort of feeling like I was getting my feet under me, it was a hard time. I felt lost. You know, I'd spent so much, I'd spent my whole life preparing for college, getting into college, and I had a wonderful collegiate career. I learned a lot. I did a lot. I grew a lot. But when I left college, I felt a little lost. And I remember going to see my doctor, just my my internist, and he was this wonderful doctor who really took the time to get to know his patients. And I don't know why it came up. I guess he could just sense that <laughs> something was off. But for some reason, he asked me about my dreams. And I'd been having very unusual, very vivid dreams lately around that time. And I'd been having dreams. Okay, maybe these aren't unusual dreams for you, but I they were unusual for me. I'd been having dreams about Tom Cruise. <laughs> and the reason why I say that that's unusual is that you know, if I had to pick my celebrity crush, it would not be Tom Cruise. I would not choose to have him show up in my dreams if I could pick who was going to show up in my dreams. So I had been dreaming about Tom Cruise and I told my doctor about these dreams and he asked me very astutely, well, what does Tom Cruise represent for you? And I answered immediately. I said, achievement, achievement. Tom Cruise has done what he wanted to do and he's done it on his terms and he's achieved these, you know, gigantic goals. They weren't, they weren't my goals, but just, you know, big goals. And I, that's how I see him. And he said to me, well, tell me about some of your goals. And so I told him about some of my goals. And afterwards, he said, wow, those, <laughs> those are really big goals, Allegra. And then he said something that's changed my life forever, which is he said, have you broken those gigantic goals down into little goals and celebrated the wins along the way? And I, I remember being dumbfounded. I, I thought, no, I've never thought about that. I mean, I was I was ready to pop the champagne once I had achieved my giant goals, but celebrating the little goals? I hadn't I hadn't thought about that. And I it's something that I still do to this day because it makes such a big difference. You know, maybe you have a goal to just for instance something really easy to explain. Maybe you have a goal to walk across country, right? Whatever, that 3000 mile goal. Well, you would be 
darn sure to celebrate at the end of every single day of walking all day long. You would celebrate your progress because, hey, that's progress. The fact that you're still walking and you know that you did something, you accomplished something that day. You walked eight hours and you know if I walk for eight hours for this many more days, I'm going to accomplish my goal. And that'll keep you motivated. It'll keep you excited. It'll keep you on track. And that's the same thing you're doing. Except that nowadays, most of our goals tend to be more, you know, ephemeral, more abstract than walking 3,000 miles. You know, maybe you have a goal of writing a book, right? A book is about, I don't know, 300 pages. If you write three or five or 10 pages every day, and then at the end of a month, you'll have 90 pages, you'll be a third of the way there. And that's something worth celebrating. So I have used this tip, this profound tip that my doctor gave me, and I've used it for many years now, and it has been so helpful to keep me on track, to keep me motivated, to keep me excited about working towards my goals, and to keep me out of that (laughs) depressed blue state that I was in when I saw him. So celebrate little wins. It's a simple but profound practice to help you move along on the big things that you want to achieve in life, whatever they may be. After the brief musical interlude, we will have my interview with Kalika Yap, serial entrepreneur, inspiring woman, talking about what she's been learning lately. After tunes. Hi, world. I'm here with my friend Kalika Yap, serial entrepreneur, inspiring woman, force of nature. Hey, Kalika, how have you been? Doing excellent. How are you? I'm great, thanks. I saw you've been doing some travel, maybe maybe not your favorite type of travel. Yeah. Well, you know, the, the thing with my mom, I was in Manila because my mom has is undergoing stage four cancer, so I was living in the hospital for a couple of weeks with her, so yeah. Well, and I know yeah. your mom, yeah. and I, I, my mom. I can't I think mom. of your mom, <laughs> yes, without thinking about Banana Olympia yeah. because she introduced me to Banana Olympia, which is something that I love to make and I love to teach my students. And every time I make it, I think of her. Yeah. And how are you managing that? How often are you going back right now? Well, she came back um, to the U.S. a couple of days ago. So now I'm going to go fly up to see her for Mother's Day. Oh, well, that's good. That'll that'll make it a little bit easier. Yeah, she's getting treatment out here. Well, that'll be much nicer to have her close to home. Mm-hmm. Yes. Well, please give her my best. Now, last time we were talking, let's let's switch the subject a little bit to your new business, Orange and Bergamont. Last time we were talking about Orange and Bergamont, which is your new branding business, and you came up with this really cool branding quiz on your website, which I, I love taking quizzes. So tell <laughs> us about that. Great. Yeah. So Orange and Bergamon is a startup that I created because I really think that female founders need a lot of help with branding and also with community. And right now, the choices that are out there for female founders or female entrepreneurs are just very sparse. You either have to go to a large agency and spend upwards of $30,000 to a quarter of a million dollars for your branding, or you have to work, you, you do it yourself, or you work with a freelancer. And so what I tried to do here in this startup is streamline the branding process by coming up with a brand quiz, because I really believe that every Everyone falls within 12 core brand archetypes. And I see that you took the quiz and that you were a guide. Very good. (laughs) And you've known me for a long time. So was that 
obvious to you when you saw it? Did you say, of course, a library is a guide? I think it definitely speaks a lot to what you want to do. Your mission is to contribute to the world by you know, providing information and, and providing wisdom, providing knowledge. So I definitely think that it's absolutely, absolutely you. Mm-hmm. I have to say, I thought your quiz was really interesting because you couldn't guess which way to go. You know, there's a lot of times you take these quizzes and you can kind of figure out where they're going and answer your questions in such a way so that you can appear the way you want to appear to Mm -hmm. yourself. You know, for people who don't know my background, I studied anthropology in undergrad. And so I always joke that our species name should really be homo hypocritical because we're so good at lying to ourselves. (laughs) And a lot of times when you take these quizzes, you don't answer them completely honestly. But with your quiz, you couldn't even do that. You couldn't guess at all. So it really, I think, will provoke honest answers. Mm-hmm. Well, I think Voltaire says it really well. You know, we know all the answers. It is the questions that we do not know. So these questions, we just ask better questions when it comes to branding. Yes. Yeah, so your quiz asks really good questions, and it's a really short quiz. I mean, 12 or maybe 12 or right. less. Yeah. yeah, it's really short. So I would highly recommend anyone who's an entrepreneur out there, you know, with a service or a product to check out this quiz. It's, it was very insightful. There's also a primary archetype and also a secondary archetype. What was your secondary? Do you remember? Original. Ah, see, makes also a lot of sense because you're very creative. <laughs> and so if I was and so if I was to create a brand for you, knowing those two pieces of information that you wanted to be, you know, you're all about knowledge and wisdom and sharing it with the world and also that you're creative that your website won't look sterile. You know, it it it, it will look um it'll probably pop a little more because you have that secondary archetype. And so this is how we create unique archetypes for um companies and entrepreneurs. Well, I always joke that I'm all about giving people a spoonful of sugar with their medicine. So I think that fit. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> so tell us more about the brand archetypes. Sure. Um, I think that when someone comes to you, you a customer comes to you, um, it's easier for you to be able to understand who the person is if you put them in categories. And so these 12 archetypes are loosely based on, you know, Greek mythology and also a lot of the work that we've done um, with Citrus, my, my first and larger agency. And when we put everyone in these categories, it's just easier for us to, to, to brand. So let me just clarify something for listeners. You own a branding agency, but it's kind of, as you were describing before, it's that high-end, super niche. I mean, I know that you've built websites that cost... I mean, hundreds of thousands of dollars. I don't know if you've gone past that mark yet, but super duper custom. And so, right, software applications, um, uh, web apps, uh, mobile apps, uh, you know, content management systems, e-commerce systems. But yes, definitely a lot, a lot more um, custom. So Orange and Bergamot is your way of giving back to smaller entrepreneurs or organizations who need a high quality product, but maybe not something as specialized as what Citrus delivers, right? Exactly, yeah. Well, I think the quiz is amazing and you always deliver such fantastic creative solutions that I think everyone should take advantage of it. And I'd love to hear what people think. Let me know, call in right into the show and let me know what you think of the quiz. And there's also an opportunity to engage with someone further at Orange and Bergamot once they take the quiz, right? 
Right. We are offering a free brand consultation. So if you want to just send us a chat, we'll be happy to give you our opinion on your brand <laughs> and how you can improve it. And I'm curious, what's Orange and Bergamot's archetype? Guide as well. <laughs> what was your yeah. sub archetype? Uh, original, just like <laughs> you. Not surprising at all, really. Yeah. Yeah, our goal is to educate a million female founders and have a million female founder businesses um, successful and create a million jobs. So it starts with education. So we're the guide. Now, as I mentioned in an earlier podcast, you are an avid reader. And I'm always keeping track of what books you're reading in case it's something that I think I need to read. And you mentioned a book recently. Yeah that I thought sounded really great. Can you tell us about it? Sure. So Marshall Goldsmith is probably the number one most um, you know, followed business leader coach. And he teamed up with Sally Hegelsman, uh, Hegelson, who's also a women's leadership expert. And they wrote this book called How Women Rise. He talks about these 12 habits that hold you back from getting your next raise, your promotion, your job, and you know, in your career. So it was absolutely phenomenal. I would highly recommend that everyone gets it. So what were the one or two habits that really stuck out to you? Um, one of them was ruminating. You know, I don't know if the, it's a common practice that, you know, most women have. If something happens to them, they'll just go over the event again and again in their mind. They'll play it back, they'll play it forward, they'll play it to their friends, they'll play it to their children. And it's basically an event that happened in the past and it's still alive and well. So something that may have happened when they were seven, they're still bringing it up or something that happened you know, yesterday or, or even like how someone gave them their coffee back. They'll, they'll ruminate over these things while on the other hand, most men will just move on. Mm. You know, I know that I used to do do that. And then mm -hmm. at some point I became aware of the fact that I felt just as bad when I replayed the event in my mind as going through the actual event. And I realized that just wasn't good for me. Right. Plus, as you get older, you can get really bogged down. I mean, there's so much, right. so much yeah. to think about. And yeah. And I think that, you know, George Nadoff, who was the founder of Boston Chicken, told me that if someone is occupying their, your brain, which is your space, you, they need to rent it. <laughs> I mean, it's expensive space in your brain. You're giving them that space, so so they should rent it. And, and if they're not renting it, if they're not if if they're not buying for that consulting time, you really shouldn't be even thinking about it. Well, and I was at an educational event the other day. You know, something that people had to pay to be there. And I was in one of the lectures, and there were some people who were you know on their phone, on their laptops. And one of the people was a friend of mine, and he asked me what <laughs> the lecture was about afterwards. And I gave him a hard time. I said, yeah, well, you know, you weren't really there, you know, because you can't do two things at the same time. You, you can't be on your laptop and listening to the lecture. Just like if you are spending all this time thinking about something that happened in the past, you can't move forward. You can't do new things. Right. What was another habit? Oh, man, there's so many. Um, minimizing. A lot of times women minimize their achievements. So they're always giving everyone else the credit. And so I think women um, have to be able to take credit for what, they, what, what they've what they done because a man would, will quickly do it. And 
because they are um, they're visible and they know and, and they understand what their achievements are, it's easy for someone to give them a promotion. So <laughs> I'm laughing because I know this guy what? who told me, he was like, Allegra, you need to take more credit. I take credit when I eat a blueberry muffin for breakfast. Hey, everyone, I ate a blueberry muffin. <laughs> and, and I just cracked up at that because, I mean, I think I take credit for the things that I, I do that are important to me, but I might not mention the blueberry muffin. Uh, <laughs> did they say whether or not this was a factor of sort of a woman's attempt to be humble or did they, does it have to do with just not feeling worthy of something? No, I think what happens is when someone else sees someone, you know, quote, bragging in our minds, most women's minds, they automatically judge that aspect as being braggadocious Mm -hmm. or being arrogant. When if you take a look at it non-judgmentally, if someone is basically saying, this is what I've done, this is what I've accomplished without that judgment, it actually is, there's nothing wrong with it. So it's it's a woman's judgment about someone claiming their achievements as as something bad when it actually really isn't it should it should just be looked at as neutral like like this is what i did like i climbed mount everest Mm -hmm. stop it's (laughs) just a fact i had a blueberry muffin today (laughs) right 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 now we were having a bit of an interesting conversation before i hit record that i just want to bring up here which is we were talking about the difference between information that is helpful to get quote unquote, just in time versus information that is evergreen and you can always go back to and learn something. So for instance, let's say you're going to create a blog or a website in one or two years. Maybe it's not useful to learn the programming information now because that might all change versus information like your favorite philosophical book that you can always go back to again and again because the information is always pertinent. It's always useful. It will never spoil or not be useful, right? Right, right. So what I was basically saying is there there are certain types of knowledge that you would like to come back to again and again. Like some of my favorite books, like even Marshall Goldsmith, you know, the author of How Women Rise, he wrote this book called What Got You Here Won't Get You There. And I always go back to that book because there's, I think, like something like 26 habits that leaders make, you know, unconsciously. And so I'll go back and see like, okay, what other habits do I need to go back to and fix? You know, the one that I'm working on really uh, focused on is, is, is to be a better listener. And um, that type of knowledge, I think it's always good to go back. But I do agree, though, certain, certainly that you know, your just-in-time type of learning also helps because I do that before uh, I go to a new business development meeting, for instance. If I'm meeting a client for the first time, I'll go and review their information on their website or their LinkedIn right before I, I go to meet with them so it's fresh. Then I'll figure out what the commonalities are so that we can have lots of great things to talk about. But it's always good to have that student mind. You should never stop learning. Yeah, no, absolutely. But I think that having that habit of, you know, that thirst for learning is really important. You know, Mahatma Gandhi says, uh, live as if you were to die tomorrow and learn as if you were to live forever. So either types of learning is, is good, you know, whether or not it's knowledge that's short term or, or long term. Just having that habit of learning, the thirst of learning is really amazing. Well, thank you as always. I always learn something from you and it's always fun talking to you and we'll check in with you in a couple months. Okay. Awesome. Take Take care. care. Bye. Coming up next, three easy steps to keeping your summer parties waste-free. 
We're back. And now for my tip on reducing waste with all the summer events we have coming up. Now, why would you want to reduce waste? Well, first of all, you'll save a ton of money, okay? Because if you reduce waste, it means you're not buying things that you don't need to buy, which puts more money in your wallet, and who doesn't like that, right? Secondly, I'm sure you've been to the beach or the park and you've noticed a random water bottle, a random plastic utensil, a piece of plastic wrapper, and hey, if you don't bring it there, then it can't end up on the beach, in the ocean, you know, on the grass. It'll mean less litter in general. So here are my three easy tips for reducing waste this summer as you're going out for picnics and beach parties and pool parties, etc. Tip number one is get a beverage dispenser. So this is simply a refillable jug or it could be like a nicer one with a spigot if for a home party. These take up to one to three gallons of liquid, and this is a great way for dispensing water, right? We all need water. We got to drink, we got to stay hydrated, but we don't need to buy those individual water bottles that create a lot of waste. So get a beverage dispenser. They're inexpensive. They're 20 to $30, depending on how big they are, which, I mean, honestly, if you buy bottled water for a party, you can spend $50 for one party on bottled water. So it's going to pay for itself immediately. And, you know, you could get a small one to take with you to the beach and have a big one at home. These are fantastic for water. They're fantastic for, you know, if you want to do the fancy spa waters like they do at some of these hotel lobbies, add some cucumber and lemon and, and strawberries in it. It's really nice. You can also make lemonade. I've even served sangria out of one of these. So it saves a ton of money. To find the ones I like, you can go to my Amazon shop, which all of my podcasts have rundowns on my blog, AllegraRamos.com, but you can go to my Amazon shop directly at Amazon.com slash store slash AllegraRamos, A-L-E-G-R-E-R-A-M-O-S. So you can see the one that I recommend. Tip number two, buy reusable plates, utensils, and cups. These are, again, so inexpensive. I have them on the Amazon store. Ikea also has some really great colorful ones that are well-sized for adults as well as for children. And I've always had lots of these in our house because we have a pool. And so we don't want to have glass and breakables around the pool because if it gets into the pool, that's a big pain. So if you have a pool, you should be getting these anyway because they're, you know, you're going to run through a lot of disposables if you have a pool and you're constantly taking disposables out there. So this is just a way to save a lot of money as well as reducing waste. And again, those are on my website, on the Amazon store. Tip number three, and this really helps make keeping your <laughs> reusable utensils and stuff around, is to have good signage. The reason why I say that is some people won't know that they're reusable and they'll throw them away without good signage. So I've created a sign, and again, you can find this on my website or on my Instagram or Facebook, but I've created a sign and I printed it out on a Word document and took it to an office supply store and had it laminated. And the sign says, trash here. And I always tape it to the lid of our trash can, right? We have a covered trash can because, you know, to keep flies down and everything. So covered trash can. So on top of the covered trash can is a sign. It says trash here. The sign also says recyclables there. And it has a left pointing arrow. And in the left pointing arrow, I always just put a brown paper bag where people can put, you know, beer bottles and soda cans. And then the sign also says dirty plates, utensils, and cups 
there with a right arrow. And what the right arrow points to is a covered chest, like the kind that you put beverages in, you know, an insulated chest that I always put soapy water in, right? And the reason why it's a covered chest is, again, if there's food bits on it, it keeps the flies away. And then the plates are already soaking in soapy water, which makes them easier to, you know, either throw in the dishwasher, be sure to put things on the second rack so that they don't, you know, get too hot. Um, Or you can wash them by hand. But this system works so seamlessly and we've even done it when we've had parties in public parks where I just take my sign I put it on the public trash can that's there but then I bring my paper bag for recyclables and I we bring our covered chest that's empty we bring it with us for all of our reusables so that way our reusables end up in there and not in the trash can so again three easy tips you will put so much money in your wallet and you will reduce your waste Win, win, win situations. So thanks so much for tuning in today. If you thought the show was fun or useful, please let me know by sending me a tip through Patreon at patreon.com slash Allegra Ramos. That's P-A-T-R-E-O-N dot com. I have great thank you gifts for my supporters and look forward to when I have 500 patrons and can hire an editor to help me provide you with even more great content because right now it's a one-man show and hey, I am not an editor. Let's just get that out there, right? <laughs> Also, please leave me comments wherever you subscribe to my podcast. They mean more than you know, and I love getting feedback. And you can subscribe to my podcast wherever you listen. And if you'd like to submit questions, email me at hello at allegraramos.com or download the free Anchor FM app and call into my show so I can play your question on the air. I'll see you in a couple weeks for another dose of modern life, healthier, easier, more fun. We'll be talking to my friend Christine, who is the most diplomatic person I know, about the very challenging topic of how to bring up with your older family, talking about, you know, next stage of life sort of questions. Until next time, be a spark in the world. Over and out.